Welcome to Love What You Do, Do What You Love podcast. I'm Celeste Wong, aka The Girl in the Cafe. I'm a cafe barista, actress, hospitality specialist turned coffee, travel and lifestyle entrepreneur. Over the years, over the counter, I've been inspired by thousands of successful, passionate and courageous people who love what they do and do what they love. In each episode, I'll bring you an inspiring person or message to help you create a life of independence and abundance, doing what you love and loving what you do. Let's get into it. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode. Before I get started though, I wanted to share some exciting information from my sponsors. I only pick people who I think are awesome to bring onto this podcast, so please support these guys. Today's show is brought to you by global bag brand Eastpac. Now you guys know how I love to travel and experience new things, and Eastpac really know how to travel the world in style. I only support brands who I think are great, and Eastpac have not only seen me through my fair share of adventures around the world, but have also provided me with the opportunity to speak with four inspiring female entrepreneurs on this podcast to share their passions, learnings, and what drives them. It feels so good to be supported by a company who recognizes the importance of being a woman with a strong voice, championing independence while providing inspiration to have the confidence to do what you love, whether that be travel, business, fashion, technology, broadcasting, coffee, or in my case, all of the above. I'm a massive fan of their suitcases, but especially their bum bags because they look super cool, they're practical, and they're built to resist, just like the next few guests on my show built to resist the challenges of life, the internal dialogue, and anything else that life throws at us. Thank you, Eastpac, for supporting the next few women on my podcast and me so that I can do what I love. Just a note that this interview was done on location at my wonderful friend's head offices at Lamazoko, UK, in the heart of Shoreditch, London. So you may hear a little bit of background buzz. This is episode three with Kim Lowell from Food and Lycra. Food and Lycra was founded six years ago by friends Kim Lowell, Rachel Tran, and Laura Lackham, which is a food and fitness platform that documented their fitness journey with the aim to set up to help inspire women and girls everywhere to get up and get moving, to break stereotypes of what fitness looked like for women on social media, no matter what their ability, and to have fun doing it. With a distaste for diets, These girls are passionate about food and fitness with their motto, we run to eat. They can be seen traveling all over the globe doing events where they are moving their bodies to promote fitness alongside eating all sorts of decadent foods. Today I'm talking to Kim, whose background is in maths and accounting, which was her day job until she turned what she loved into her business. She is now a PT, master trainer at One Rebel, Nike trainer and inspiring women all over London and beyond to get off their butts, eat what you want and feel good doing it. I'm so excited to have Kim on my podcast today, so let's dive in. What intro, that was, that, that sounded great, I was like, cool, I want to get to know this person. <laughs> what made you get into fitness? Um, I guess it was, oh, you know what, I guess it's the typical thing of wanting to lose weight. Yeah. I just wasn't comfortable in my body about like six years ago. Six, I, I, you know what, before food and life like seven eight years ago yeah. like you go on holiday every summer and then there's yeah. the dread you don't feel comfortable in your body oh you need to do some workouts now and like you like binge workout to try and lose weight to feel comfortable in a bikini on the beach so that was ages ago and i was doing like workout videos at home like p90x which is crazy um but i mean i had some good learnings from it that yeah. taught me some good things like exercise wise mm-hmm. um and then but it never lasted it like the goal of losing weight to look better it's just such a superficial goal and you, you just you don't dedicate yourself like you need to really really be into yourself and really love yeah. the way you look or be paid to wait to look a certain way to in order to like sustain that and me working like a city job I just I just didn't have the time to and it was just I had bigger priorities, you know. And then fast forward a couple of years after that, I knew that I loved moving, but I didn't have 
the motivation behind it wasn't right. Yeah. So my friend Laura, who I founded Food and Lycra with, she was going to like late night workouts on a Friday night in the park, in the cold, but it was with this group of people and they were just blaring out music and just having fun. And I was like, sick, can I be a part of it? Because I don't want to go out <laughs> drinking. Like I, I, I was drinking, like in the city life, you drink a lot on a Friday night um, to kind of get over like the hard week. And I was just like, I don't feel great on a Saturday, like after it. So I was just like, yes, let me get involved in it. Got involved with her doing these workouts every Friday night. Rachel got involved in t- as well. Um, and then we joined Run Them Crew, which Laura was also a part of. Oh, yeah. Uh, started running loads. And after each of these workouts on a Friday night, we'd go out to eat and eat as we usually do. No, like, diet food. And then on a Tuesday, we'd go out to eat after as well. And it just became a bit of a social thing. So it was yeah. great that we could meet up, get sweaty, have a workout, uh, feel great because like post endorphin yeah. from the workout, and then and then eat and food tastes so much better after working out, right? Especially so, when you've earned it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just I don't know. It feels like other taste buds have opened up, and they're just like, oh, delicious. <laughs> so we just loved it. Yeah. So we started documenting it all, and that's where Food and Lycra was born. So it kind of happened by accident and I guess I was able to stick with it more because it wasn't about looking like getting a bikini body it was more about okay I get to spend time with my friends mm-hmm. it feels great I wasn't enjoying my work life at that moment and it was pretty stressful long hours so and I was also doing exams at the time as well so doing my child accountancy exams on top of working long hours yeah so all of the the running and the workouts just helped me feel human again. Helps me feel like there's another world out there. Yeah. Rather than the bubble of being in my day, my Monday to Friday job, it just made me feel human again. Yeah. It probably helped with your mental, um, like strength. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do you know, it helps like me. It, pro- it definitely helps me build more resilience you know yeah because we were doing a lot of long distance running which i by the way hated yeah. like six years ago i hated doing anything more than a 2k run i was just like how, how do people do this and then i saw laura she had just done amsterdam half marathon i was like i want to be able to do that if you can do that i can do that too i would yeah. love to be able to do that and imagine i thought to myself imagine what that would teach you if you can do something that you really hate and at the time I really hated my job yeah. do something you really hate put the time and effort into it and then achieve that thing then you can do anything so mm. I was just like right I'm signing up to Paris Half Marathon signed up to do it with Laura and felt like I mean I was really injured I would, my body was not prepared for it <laughs> and I wouldn't suggest anyone to just sign up for a half marathon like that yeah. without any proper training but I did it and I didn't look back. Started signing up for more races and wow. more races, and it just kept going. How many marathons have you done, or half marathons? I've done one marathon. Um, half marathons, I've lost count. I did Berlin, Copenhagen, Paris. Mm. So we travelled everywhere doing it. We did loads in London. So there was like one called uh, Run to the Beat. There was a Silverstone mm. half marathon, uh, Royal Parks, loads, so many. Wow. But, yeah. So like got a whole no, box of medals <laughs> oh but that's really interesting yeah. how you yeah, got into it it's incredible the uh, like just going back to what you were saying before about the reasons why you decided to you know exercise mm-hmm. is because you wanted to lose weight and all that and it was sort of the body image yeah but yeah isn't it it's quite a weak it's not sustainable i don't yeah, think like no. long term it's not and i mean i hate i hate that the marketing industry around fitness kind of plays on those insecurities and like they survive by making people feel insecure and then going to buy that product that will apparently get you slim in six weeks or in two weeks if you have this tea this detox tea which is not healthy by the way yeah but um or do this plan you'll lose this amount of weight i i don't like it but also on the flip side if it starts like for example with me if it starts your journey and then 
you're open to feeling something different along the way where you're like right okay the self hopefully the self-hate goes away and it turns mm. into self-love and you work out for self-love whoa that's gone deep so basically so working out for self-hate is not sustainable but for self-love is definitely much more sustainable it's a happier outcome you know so i love it <laughs> yeah but that is so true and it's such a good way to put it as a personal trainer uh, you have to motivate people who are generally asking and wanting and paying for someone else to help them. Mm-hmm. How do you get them to change from self-hate, say if that is where you think they're coming from, even mm-hmm. if they don't admit it, and how do you get them to move into self-love? Mm. That's I'm really question. asking about. I'm really asking about how do you motivate them? Yeah, I mean, I think what's helpful is that I've been there and I've done that, mm. and with most of my clients I can just see it I, can, I know where they are at at that stage and I know do you mean like mentally yeah mentally psychologically or, yeah. mentally where they are I generally know what the signs are like what why are they saying a b and c or why do they feel like that and then I won't jump the gun because if you jump the two ahead you're just like you you stunt some of their progress okay. um can you give an example of maybe um, what they would say and then how you would decipher that? <laughs> you know? So, okay, so my, I guess the biggest thing, the, the most common thing is, well, for my clients actually, because I teach a lot of cl- hit classes and a lot of the people who come to see me are actually addicted to hit classes <laughs> and do a lot of them. I've been to one. Yeah, <laughs> to the point where it becomes unhealthy uh, and they're doing too many hit classes a week, and re- and rely on it to keep fat off, basically. Right. And hit hit is a great fa- way of burning fat, but it's not something that you should do multiple times a week. Uh, our bodies aren't designed to yeah. go under that much stress that many times a week. Um, and with them, I do a lot of strength training, um, helping, which is completely slower, um, much more. You kind of have to be much more present for your reps and get them exactly right. And the focus is more on building muscle, which a lot of my clients aren't used to. And they're just like, oh, I need to do a hit class. Oh, I need to do a hit class. But I kind of like give them their space. I'm just like, all right, do this. Test it out. Next week, go one hit class less. And let this strength session with me replace that hit class. And then they'll listen and then slowly they need to see the changes for themselves like you can be told so many times but if you don't see it for yourself you won't believe it so it's more me guiding people to find the results that they're after and is that physical or both physical and mental as well yeah it's kind of like you have to retrain your mind in terms of what you think is good for you and also you a part of that is seeing that in your body as well yeah uh, and I'm a huge believer I definitely believe everyone should be doing strength training especially as we get older because our muscles deteriorate um, yeah. and they just decrease uh, so you want to be doing weight training up until you're really old my mum oh. does it, I get my mum to do it as well <laughs> yeah honestly I've seen her on I think she's so cute, she's amazing <laughs> I wish I could get my mum into that <laughs> although my mum walks every day that's great, so my mum does it too hour, yeah that's really good and yeah that's so and good all like driving around yeah. and all sorts of stuff that's really so, yeah crazy i wondered whether you thought that people's mental state would manifest and say things like being overweight or mm. overeating like if you're in a constant state of stress from work your body will react to that like years ago back in the day when mm. stress would be like in situations where you haven't got food or you haven't got shelter um, and your body would naturally in in those stressful times hold on to fat in case something happens in case you you the next day you don't have food you're stressed because you don't have food you don't know where it's coming from the next Mm. day and it's funny how our bodies still react in that kind of way when we're stressed we're more likely to hold on to fat um, and it's much harder to lose weight and then on top of that the, your actions while you're stressed like less sleep not eating well mm. that kind of layers on top of that you know and then it physically it does become a bit more apparent but it can it can be in both ways you could 
lose a lot of weight and be really unhealthy mm. or put on a lot of weight or it can show through your skin it can show through your eyes and your digestion like hugely a lot of people's digestion is so affected by how stressed they are and it's your hormones that control everything and if if you're stressed your hormones become out of whack and it's all it's all linked it's incredible how the body works what have been the challenges that you've had running your business food and lycra yeah with all of the social pressures and all of the things like do eat this, don't eat that, yeah. obesity, oh, skinny right. fat people, you, yeah. all of those things. How does that mm. you know, affect how you communicate your message and, yeah. and, and, and also how does that affect your actions? So I think we, I had to kind of battle this, I think more so than Rachel and Laura because they were, they're pretty casual about things like they're like we work out and we eat whatever we want life is fun you know and I came at it from a more body conscious I wanted to diet kind of vibe at, at the very beginning of food and mm. but they let me do my thing like I, I wanted to make like clean food you know clean meals and stuff and I carried on doing it and it just didn't really work to be honest in terms of my goals of losing weight and I was just like oh and as soon as I kind of stopped doing all of that it was fine well I guess the biggest thing for me was getting rid of all the stress coming back to that last point yeah. it made a, such a difference for my body and not even and getting rid of the self-hate because the self-hate made me made my body really unhealthy mm-hmm. too and when it turned into more self-love my body changed completely it's, isn't that incredible yeah, like this, a similar thing happened with me as yeah well. yeah it's fascinating how your body knows that but anyway yeah so with all these conflicting messages we kind of had to there was a phase very, where it was very much clean eating and working out and a lot of people were being kind of shamed for oh you can't out train a bad diet and then we kind of had to take a step back and we were just like alright so we're not aiming for a bikini body we're aiming for people to have fun enjoy movement and get all the benefits from it and it's not necessarily we're not competing for a bikini show some parts aspects of that is actually really unhealthy the kind of diets that they have to go is extreme dieting it's hard to get people moving in the first place without overwhelming them you know so many people come up to me and they're just like oh i'm gonna get my body moving again i'm gonna work out but you know the diet and you know like drinking three liters of water a day and getting sleep i'm just like whoa slow down slow down and just focus on one thing at a time the diet will come like you'll eat better it's not about dieting number one number two is just eating like fueling your body in a way that helps it rather than limiting yourself and restricting things to the point where you you're trying to lose fat it's not all about that we need to fuel our body for all different things it's it's an amazing vehicle don't don't just restrict things you know yeah so we had to kind of really think about it and be really true to ourselves in terms of we are all about encouraging people to move mainly a lot mainly women and young women encouraging them to move and making it fun and approachable and we are not the the majority who are like diet workout diet workout Mm -hmm. that's not what we're about Mm -hmm. and that can be quite unfriendly as well I think it's really important to have it as a lifestyle too because mm. for me when I started exercising and looking at what I was eating and changing how I think about food as a fuel as yeah. opposed to something that I reward myself with or mm-hmm. I restrict myself from yeah. like change how I see food yeah. and see my body yeah. as a thing that works together it's, yeah, it's, not, it's, it's just about educating people really mm. like you're hungry but use that moment to feed your body what it needs mm. like I look at well, food are different. you even hungry sometimes, yeah, like sometimes I'm like am I even hungry or am I just bored yeah <laughs> like, yeah I mean I it happens hungry. to the best of us you know and just being a bit more aware more switched on about it yeah. rather than grabbing the closest thing to you it's hard though yeah it's def- so definitely. hard I mean I would say people start to twig onto it around 25 onwards yeah before that people generally don't care and that's when your metabolism is working quite hard for you and then you get to a point where your metabolism slows down you're like oh okay i want to know how you made the transition from quitting your day job and quitting the stress yeah yeah and then moving into the fitness industry um so i 
we Food and Lycra was running for like three years at this point. Um, while you were working. While I was working. Yeah. So I was running Food and Lycra on the side with Rachel and Laura. And it was kind of just a bit of fun, passion yeah. project. We always said to each other, oh, wouldn't it be great if this was our full-time job? We had no idea how it would become a full-time job. Um, and and we was just like, oh, let's let's just keep going because it's a bit of fun. We get to see each other and do fun things. Um, there, was, there wasn't much money coming in for it either. And inf- the term influencer was just coming about. Right. So we were doing this much before that like blog many bloggers were there around or Instagram had just started right so um we were approached by a friend of ours Shara from Dose and she asked us if any of us want to audition to become trainers at this brand new gym called One Rebel and we were just like mm. well Rachel and Laura were like no way have you seen that they were, we, I've got a whatsapp conversation was they were like oh have you have you seen that message no way I won't do that and I just said I might give it a go, you know. I might actually just go for the audition. And they were like, yeah, you go for it, go for it. So I went for the audition, got in, did all the training, got my qualifications, and then like six months later, it was like a long process, but six months later, I was teaching my first class at One Rebel, which was incredible. Like, I loved it so much. I was on a high for like two days. And I was just like, oh my gosh, people are actually paid to do this job. <laughs> this isn't a job. This is like, I could pay to do this. Yeah. You know, I loved it so much. Um, had regular classes and then started teaching on the side of working in the city. So I'd teach like Wednesday morning at 6.15 in the morning. Then I'd cycle to work, go about my day job. The next day on a Thursday, I'd work the whole day and then in the evening go teach my 7.45 class in the evening and then I'd work Saturday and Sunday like teaching anywhere between six and seven classes between the two days wow. and then work again but I loved it I was just like oh if, if this is what it's like oh I love it I'm just going to carry on doing it as much as I can and get better and do more and then I sat down one day and I was just like I don't want to do my day-to-day job I want this to be my full-time job um, and I was after like six months or so and I spoke to my boss and I was just like I really want to quit let me quit please I just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do this because I had I sat down I, before before I, I decided I was gonna quit I sat down and I did all the calculations how many classes do I need to teach to be able to pay my bills worked well, it all like out. a good accountant yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that qualification came handy for something yeah. um, and yeah I just I worked it all out and I, I knew I wouldn't be able to take as many holidays, I wouldn't be able to buy as much stuff, um, but I thought that that's a sacrifice I'm willing to take because right now I'm booking holidays to kind of get over the stress of working and make myself happier. Mm-hmm. So I'm working for these holidays, I'm working for the weekend, um, why don't I have a day-to-day life where I'm really happy? Uh, the expense of these holidays and these like great weekends um so i did it and i haven't looked back since it's incredible what you can do if you if you're loving what you do it's yeah. just like everything goes to the wayside and the things that you thought were important weren't important because they were yeah. actually fulfilling a deficit that you know you had as a result of not enjoying what you're doing exactly. right yeah exactly. and you also it just doesn't matter as much like the money doesn't matter as much as your sort of day-to-day fulfillment and yeah then, but then obviously you want to keep growing and yeah and you want to keep furthering and developing so how did your boss take it and how did your mum take it because you're me oh, okay. so we're yeah. both asian yeah, and yeah i know yeah. that there's a yeah <laughs> so my boss was very much like Oh, are you sure? Because I was walking away as I was a manager at the time, and so I was walking away not only from a good salary but also status, you know. Uh, and if it all goes to crap, then I would have to come back a year out without the the experience to help me further myself yeah. and go ahead. And I'd be behind all my peers. I was just like, oh, if that's if that happens, then I don't care. I had to kind of look at it in terms of the grand scheme of things, in terms of my life, rather than my career at P- at, at I was going to say the name of the company <laughs> at, at that company. Um, and I was just like, okay, this is a good move for my life, rather than because 
my career I kind of saw it as not just in that company as more of a the collective of all my experiences rather than just there mm-hmm. um, and anyway even if I had taken a year out and then come came back in the experience of working as an entrepreneur or freelancer is invaluable as well mm-hmm. in terms of other skills that you won't be able to get while in a company anyway anyway Absolutely. so that was my mind frame at the time even though it's a few years on you're being you're really successful in what you do both you know independently and mm-hmm. with your business for you if that's your because accounting is your fallback do you ever think sometimes like oh if this doesn't work out <laughs> yeah yeah I do I do actually but recently I've had like a change of mind in my thinking mm-hmm. so I've got two qualifications I I'm a qualified maths teacher and also a chartered accountant. So I can do audit, which was the role I was doing before. Um, And I know I can fall back on those two things. And before I used to think, oh, that would be my worst nightmare to fall back into the city and do that. And then I've kind of had to take a step back recently and think about my whole life philosophy and what I'm doing and what makes me happy. and I came to the conclusion a while ago that I just enjoy helping people. I kind of need to refine that life philosophy a bit and just work out what the nitty-gritty of it is in terms of helping people. Um, right now, in my job, I get to help people every day in terms of getting them moving, um, being kind of like a break in their day where they get to go to a class and enjoy themselves, or in the PT format where I get to help someone be stronger or feel more confident or believe in themselves a little bit more I get to do all of that but if I had to if like for example the fitness industry went to fitness recession (laughs) yeah um, don't see that happening (laughs) I could go and teach maths again because I'm still helping people Mm. or I could set up something to help people in some kind of way it's not it's not that bad it's still in line with my life philosophy do you know what I mean I think you've also touched on a really important point where, if, you know, I was to fall flat on my face, what could I do? Yeah. Am I okay with doing that? If I'm okay with doing that, then I should absolutely go ahead with yeah. whatever it is that the path I mm. want to go. Down. It's like you're doing a risk assessment for yourself, basically. Yeah. And com- all companies do it. True. And yeah. it's, it, it's not a bad thing to do a risk assessment. You're just protecting yourself. Yeah, so we should really all do life risk assessments. Yeah, huge. I mean, it helps you think things through, and it also helps you think about your current position and yeah. how happy you are and with it, or what you need to do to better it, or what you could do, or whether you can combine some things. You know, um, so yeah, I think regular risk assessments are a good thing. That's yeah, that's really great. Also, you were about to tell me how your mother took it. Ah, yeah, <laughs> she she was just she did not like it. <laughs> so it started off as a career break so my manager offered that to me because I had been at the company for five years so I was allowed to take a career break I took it for a year mainly I, I to be honest I just wanted to quit but I was just like hey if you're giving this to me at no cost to me and I can just walk back in if everything goes wrong goes sour mm. then cool that's a great deal and I spoke to my mum I was just like mum I'm just going to take a year out she did not like the idea of this she was just like what what are you doing I was just like, Mum, I'm just going to try this. If it doesn't work out, it's only a year. I can go back. So she, it was easier for her to take. And then she saw me grow. She saw that I was happier. Because back when I was working in the city, I'd come back home and be in tears from just fatigue, stress, mm. and just say to her, Mum, I really hate my job. I really don't like it. And she just didn't know what to do. But she loved that I had... A great status you know it was easy yeah. some, for her to go to her sisters and brothers and be like oh Kimmy's an accountant she's a chartered mm. accountant she's she's a manager in this big firm when people come over I can show them the office and it was very um it was a moment for her to be proud of like where I had got to so mm. being a fitness instructor was kind of like a bit she didn't know how to take it and what I would become mm. and it's normal for her to just want the best for and that's all she wanted so when I did it and then she saw me progress she's actually really happy now and she wouldn't have it any other way Mm. I guess you know because both you and I come from an Asian background and for other people who don't really understand or have experienced that cultural 
upbringing mm-hmm. for anyone who's Asian there's this pressure for the kids to be doing professional work so that it reflects well on the parents yeah but not in a selfish way they're them being immigrants they come from a completely different generation where mm. your your livelihood depends on how much money you earn and yeah. you just had to get stuck in and work hard and maybe education wasn't such an opportunity for some of them where they could study well for my parents anyway they couldn't go to uni so they just wanted what they didn't have for me exactly and they and where they don't know all the routes you can take they're just like okay well this is a no risk well low risk route safety yeah you can become a doctor a lawyer or an accountant and you will be successful and you will be able to have a roof over your head and when I die you'll be fine yeah you know pretty much they just want to know that you're going to be okay when they go exactly which makes sense it makes sense so when I threw this into the mix and that Mm. I can be successful doing something other than what you know it was a bit like oh what is this and then when she saw that I could be successful Mm. she was just like oh okay this is cool all right I'm fine now oh that's so nice yeah I had a similar experience with really? my well after going to university mm-hmm. and then telling her that I want to be an actress. Yeah. And I'm making coffee and I really love making coffee. I'm moving to London and yeah. she was just like, do not understand. So it can be pretty intense, right? Yeah, definitely. What's it like owning a business with your friends? Oh. That there's a load of advice out there that says don't own businesses with friends I know there is isn't there um, yeah sometimes you don't know we, what to be that's going to bring yeah. out of people we don't actually know what the future holds in terms of that we mm. don't at the moment for us it's great I get to work with my friend who has the same belief as me and I think what's really important is we is that we have the same beliefs so Laura at the moment is in Holland and just had a baby so yeah she's not as involved in the day-to-day as she was before when she yeah. lived here so so it's mainly me and Rachel running the running the business and keeping feeling like we're going yeah and our philosophy like with it is to use it as a vehicle to help young women realize their potential through using movement and sport yeah. and we fully believe this and we we'd do it for free if we could and so it's not kind of money driven but we've come to realize that right we need to earn money to keep this going and we're not we're also not a charity so we need to keep life as well but number two it's not our main source of income for both of us so i guess that takes some of the pressure off as well i do think that probably helps and right now all profits are just going back into food and light crop to help build it i don't know what the future holds i hope it carries on like this i i kind of read all that kind of stuff i'm just like because if our whole thing was make money then maybe it can get awkward for us the reward from the business is when we hear stories like oh my god I really enjoyed that workout I didn't know my body could do that I feel so much more confident oh now I go to the gym after that event I started going to the gym because it feels good Mm. and for us that that is what warms our heart you know that's what that's what food and life is about so I guess it's easy to say of oh, friends in business doesn't work but I guess you need to go into the nitty-gritty it's a bit deeper than that like why doesn't it work maybe it's because of the philosophy of the business it doesn't yeah. work where it's two friends involved um for me I think I think we won't hit that kind of problem hmm. at least guys, I hope not <laughs> yeah so do you communicate quite well and sort of share the tasks and the yeah duties yeah very, I mean evenly I think that's another reason why we work quite well together because I'm the fitness instructor, I'm the PT, so I'm the face of the events. Rachel is a market, she's the marketeer, um, so she is great in terms of getting us known and getting us out there, promoting our events, promoting, helping like all the behind the scenes stuff like pitching to brands and making sure everything looks good, which I'm just like, eh, help me, how do I... <laughs> how do I put this together (laughs) so we know our strengths and when each other like she'll come and help me during a workout class and demo with me and I'll help her and try and put a pitch together at least a structure and then I'll be like here it is make it look good (laughs) 
you know like we help yeah. each other out in that way but we know what each other's strengths are and like when it comes to like numbers and finance it's me yeah. I'm, like, I'm doing the numbers <laughs> amazing you know and then I'll teach Rach a little bit and then she'll be like okay I've, I've put this together but just check I've got it this idea but yeah <laughs> so it's quite a nice it's a, actually it's a really good balance that we have so we've got a finance department yeah. we've got a marketing <laughs> department and we've got like fitness coaching and events manager everything amazing in two people that's amazing <laughs> have you experienced any major challenges within food and lycra so. I mean there's there's been times where some of us have felt a bit of imposter syndrome like how how can we help promote fitness if we're having a lull and we we're not actually working out right now and then you kind of feel like a faker like like you're faking it but that's when we need to remind ourselves that is the whole point of us we are human we are normal girls who face the same struggles as other girls and we're being open about it. it's not all perfect yeah. and it's not all plain sailing and that gets back down to the grassroots of when we started and we show people that we're all a diverse range of women doing things that you can do too and setting the example but then there's you do that so much you that people are like oh it's so inspirational and then you're like oh I feel fake because this week I couldn't be bothered to move you know yeah. or I had so much on I couldn't fit in a workout class or fit in a run and then it can and that's what we're here for for each other to say hey it's okay like mm. this is normal and this is the reason you are a great role model because mm. you are relatable you're not an Olympian mm. an Olympic athlete who has to train five six times a week and it's a part of their job you know like form at that level yeah exactly that that's a whole different thing. and for a lot of people that's unattainable you can't you you look at that and it's so far away from you you don't even bother trying to even have one element of that mm. whereas if you can see somebody who is so similar to you doing something it's much more relatable and then you feel like oh i can do that too mm. and and not beat myself up about not doing a workout for example or eating a piece of cake absolutely i guess it comes back down to looking at what your intentions are right is yeah. that what you're kind of saying yeah 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 yeah. exactly um, and being okay with that because I think there's so much pressure from social media and comparison mm-hmm. and you mentioned the imposter syndrome which I think a lot of people experience even if they don't admit it yeah but that pressure to be up and on your game and especially with something that like what you do yeah being motivating and being a role model and mm-hmm. doing all of that kind of stuff I imagine when you aren't feeling great <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there are times but I don't know it's it's weird like I, I might be in a class and before it I might be like oh but then I see one of my regular clients who's progressed so much I'm just like it'll just lighten me up I'll just be like oh so great to see you you know I, I'm so lucky that I have amazing clients yeah. who come in to see me every week and whatever mood I've had it quickly goes away because I'm just like you showed up to see me and you trust me to help you with whatever you're going through I mean my clients they all go through something else all their goals are different whether they come to me for weight loss whether they come to me to take a break from their day because or what because they're going through some crap in their life and this is their only release you know mm. they trust me to come in and and spend 45 minutes with me telling them what to do and they get something from that that's like a such a powerful thing mm. um i can't stay moody for long to be honest i guess you don't want to let them down yeah i don't want to let them down and also it truly it does make me happy i love my job yeah i really, I really do love my job i wouldn't have been able to wake up at five in the morning every Wednesday for the past two and a half, three years otherwise I like it, I, I'm not a morning person normally, I struggle to go to sleep early but I, every Tuesday night I force myself to get to sleep <laughs> so that I, wake, I can wake up for that class, you know it's so important to me So oh that's yeah. so awesome, you've got a, had a boyfriend for yeah. 10 years yeah coming it? up to 10 years Yeah. is balance important to you and are you achieving that how do you achieve that so yeah I believe balance is really subjective balance for me is being able to do all the things I love so a part of that balance I don't see the work I do as 
Well, it is it a part of it is obviously money making so I can live, but also I get so much from it, like giving helping people. And then there's so that's the career aspect, and then there's the family, boyfriend, friends aspect, mm-hmm. and balancing the two, I do find quite tough. So for example, I teach classes on a Sunday, and a lot of the time we might have a weekend away, either with my boyfriend or with the friend, mm-hmm. with my friends, with the girls, and I, I really don't like covering my classes because I really love. <laughs> I really love them and I hate letting all of those people down. But sometimes I have to be like, no, I haven't spent this time with my friends or I haven't spent this time with my boyfriend. And I I do adore that time as well. It's just when you've got 80 people waiting for you for a class versus your group of friends, which is obviously smaller, and you don't feel as obliged to, like, they won't... They'll just be like, oh, Kim, all right, cool. But, you know, like it's such an important part of my well-being seeing them and seeing my boyfriend I have to carve out that time where I can so for with my boyfriend we spend every Saturday together and what we do is work out (laughs) (laughs) and Jason would have seen you go through this transition as well because he's got a side business of his own as well he's got a tuition company called the math surgery so he teaches maths yeah he's a geek yeah he's a geek too he actually used to be a football coach as well Um, so we're both sporty Mm. maths geeks yeah and we swat positions and he likes redoing flats he just redone like a basement and turned it into a one bed flat you know, he, he's, he's busy as well, so yeah. I'm busy. We're both really productive. Um, it's just we have to be strict in terms of carving out time. So sometimes as someone will say, oh, are you doing this on a Saturday? What are you doing on a Saturday? We need you for this. I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't. And then I talk to my boyfriend. He's like, oh, it's all right. I'm doing a bit of work on yeah. that day anyway. I'm just like, okay, all right. This will, yeah. this will be okay for this week. But if it's every week, then it starts going downhill. Yeah, you, you see know. the effects at home. Yeah, it's happened already before, like a couple of months ago. We had to speak to each other, and I was just like, look, this is why it's happened. We need to carve that time out. Yeah, that's good that you guys are so committed to yeah. coming back yeah, yeah. and being aware of it. And talking to each other. Yeah. It's so important. It's hard to talk to each other in the evenings, though, because we're so knackered from work. Yeah. That communication doesn't happen, so whatever time when we're not tired... That is the perfect time to be like, reassess, how's things going, how we spent time with each other, no, we need to spend time, let's set up some time and do that and just have fun. Because that's a part of your well-being, right? You, yeah, totally. That's a part of your life, you know, like your your family, your friends, your, your partner. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. So what do you think the key problem is that's maybe holding women and maybe men back from taking control over their health and fitness? The, the main thing that's holding people back, overwhelming themselves with so many things that they need to do to become healthier, just focus on one thing at a time. And also, not making it fun. Mm. Like, if it's not fun, we're li- less likely to stick to it. So, finding something that is fun and that you're likely to commit to, whether there's so many techniques to commit into things. Well, number one, I've said it already, making it fun. Number two, doing it with friends or family, getting the people involved around you, and also fitting it into your day. It can be as simple as just walking mm. and listening to a podcast, mm. or or listening to some your favorite album and listening to this podcast, or listening to this podcast and walking <laughs> or jogging, whatever you fancy. Or you know, there's there's so many ways to do it. People are scared to experiment. That's all the, f- the fun is in experimenting, like going to different classes, checking out different places where you can move in different ways, finding something that is fun and that you go back to again and again and again. And before you know it, it's a part of your lifestyle and benefiting you in more ways than you know. Mm-hmm. But I think the first step is to get out there. And uh, We're so lucky. Where we, well, in London anyway. Yeah. I don't know if most of your listeners are going to be from London, but... Mm-hmm. From all over the from place. From all I'm over. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but, like... If you've got these opportunities around you, take them. Otherwise, someone else around you is going to take it and then you're the one missing out. Just use it. We're, we're, we're living in a very lucky time, so... Yeah. 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 That's great. What do you say to people when they use excuses like, I don't have enough time, or I can't fit it in, 
Like, what, what would your response be to that? I'd say you do actually have time. You do have time. It's just you, you, it's not important to you. So if there's anything that's important to you, you've carved out the time, you know, and you've got to make it a bit more of a priority. You've got to really want it. If those people who say, I haven't got the time, don't actually want it, sorry, you just don't want it enough. Um, you need to find a way to want it enough and realise that this is a moment for, for you and it's not a punishing moment. Mm-hmm. More time, people who say they can't find time see it as more of a punishment rather than uh, an act of self-love. You yeah. know? And I definitely see movement as an act of self-love and not only self-love, or like training for your mind, yeah. rebalancing your body, you work your mind so hard. What does your body do? It's just, yeah. it's just not doing what it's supposed to do and move. And and there's so many benefits to it. You can only realise it once you you start moving. So so many people are missing out. It's just a real shame if you don't use that opportunity because that before you know it, that opportunity will go and you'll get to an age where you can't move like you used to, and it'll be hard to come out of that. So yeah, <laughs> you made me want to cry right oh. now. Over the last couple of years for me, I've seen the importance and the benefits that I've had mentally and physically yeah, yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. from doing a bit more exercise. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling really unmotivated, what are three tips that you can give people to get them moving and off their butts? Um, okay, three tips. This is free advice here. <laughs> Think about your next commute. Can you leave 10 minutes earlier and walk it? instead of like if you're free, if it's three bus stops get off early and walk the rest of the route um have you got stairs do you use the lift don't use the lift use the stairs and the next meeting you have suggest having a walking meeting instead so you get to go out you can walk to a cafe yeah exactly you can walk to a cafe get some vitamin d on the way when the sun's shining even if the sun's shining even if not shining much being out of the office is your great thing and walk walk and talk brilliant there's some running meetings as well if you're if you're really oh active through foods you'd recommend people eat to every day to improve their health um, fiber green, leafy greens are my thing every day I must have if I haven't had it I kind of fret I'm just like where am I getting my leafy greens because it just it's the food that the bacteria in your gut your good gut bacteria feed on and without that it's starved and they start disappearing and then your hormones go out of whack and then your body doesn't function as it should so it's so important to have your leafy greens and some protein as well um because those are the muscle builders and don't, i would say don't cut out your carbs so i've just named main food groups here um, do you want <laughs> me to okay. be specific you i could, would yeah you i would do and um, just maybe an example for each like broccoli so leafy greens, would that be broccoli, yeah, okay. kale? I'm going Asian here, but yeah, pak choy. My leafy greens, I'm like, just go to China. Yeah, morning glory. Yeah, uh, what else? Yeah, yeah. and um, uh, okra, really good for you. Don't know what that is. No ladies' fingers. Yes, they're like the slimy ones. Oh, I don't with know if the, I like that. oh, I love them. They're really great. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, they're really good for you. Okay. Um, so those kind of leafy yeah. greens. I'd say water, definitely water. Two yeah. litres minimum when it's hot and you've been sweating. Mm-hmm. Three litres. Drink loads of it, especially if you drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. I'm assuming a lot of your <laughs> listeners are drinking a lot of coffee. Um, that is not. That is actually dehydrating you, so you need to drink a little bit more yeah. water if you're drinking coffee or tea. I'm trying to do hydrate before you caffeinate. Okay, yeah, good. Always. Good. You should yeah. definitely do that. And yeah, don't don't restrict your carbs. I know people say, you, your carbs are important. Mm-hmm. So obviously, don't go to McDonald's for your carbs, you know, or don't have a whole loaf of bread. I mean, I'm a rice girl. I'll have rice, you yeah. know, but that's quite an Asian thing, but I won't have heaps on heaps on fries maybe portion control yeah portion control carbs yeah exactly and also there's carbs and vegetables as well yeah if you knew that you only had one breakfast Mm -hmm. left in your life oh man yeah Yeah. sad days what would you have that's really hard (laughs) 
This is my most stressful moment of yeah, today. It's pretty That's nice. really hard. Alright, so the Vietnamese breakfast is a bowl of pho. So that was one that I was thinking of. Then I, then my mind travelled to Sri Lanka. Uh, <laughs> and they have the hoppers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was great. And then my mind travelled to Japan. But you it's, can only choose one. What uh, was the Japanese one? It's like... It's like congee. Oh yeah, like they rice soup, the, yeah. like rice porridge. Yeah, but then they've got like little pickles that go with it, and then fish, and then you have it with. Oh, it's delicious. Oh, yum. But I mean, with you, all you can only you can only choose one. Yeah. Okay, so I'm choosing all those. What would you choose? Fur, fur would be my. Oh, good girl, you're one. a good Vietnamese girl. <laughs> <laughs> what are some things that people can do themselves to change their attitude or perception around fitness? Or food don't treat fitness as a punishment treat it as a moment to be better in tune with your body it, it's not about punishing yourself fitness is about it's more I see it as a reward if I get a moment in my day where I get to move I'm just like yes what a great thing I've moved and and then I finish the day I'm like oh it's so great I've got to exercise today what a wonderful thing mm. I don't see it as like oh man I need to work out because I had burger and chips on the yeah. weekend yeah. I need to punish myself now if you set yourself up for that you have these negative connotations around moving your body and then ultimately you won't want to do it ever but if you turn it into a positive like oh this is a reward I get to move my body and get out of the emotions of me just sitting down at my desk and being on the laptop for ages and I get to do something different that will change your whole mind frame around it and then you'll be seeking it out rather than having it at the bottom of your to-do list you know that's perfect thank you so much that's okay for coming in today and I've really really enjoyed chatting with you oh it's been great I've went into one (laughs) that's good that's what happens yeah yeah So if people want to find you and follow you on social media yep. or anywhere else, where can they do that? Um, Instagram is probably the best bet. I'm on there under Kimeiko. So it's K-I-M-M-A-Y-C-O. I'll put it all in the show notes as well. Okay, cool. And also Food and Light Crop. And we do events, loads of events. So you can catch them on Instagram or on our website, which is foodandlightcrop.com. Amazing. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. It's been fun. It's been fun. Have a biscuit. <laughs> Thanks again to Global Brand Eastpac for sponsoring this episode supporting kick-ass women doing what they love to do. If you were inspired or learned something or want to find out more, head over to thegirlinthecafe.co.uk forward slash podcast where you'll be able to link to everything. Please be sure to subscribe, share and leave a review on iTunes because it helps this podcast's ranking so that more people can learn and enjoy the contents of this show. Have an awesome week guys and I'll be here with a coffee in hand to have more insightful conversations with my next inspiring guest.